Welcome to the Liberty Free to Be podcast. My name's Rachel Peru. Join me as I share a weekly dose of midlife inspiration, where you get to hear from some amazing people who are leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, breaking down midlife stereotypes and proving it's never too late to find your passion and purpose. From health, happiness, mindset to menopause, reinvention to rebelling, no subject is off limits. Living a life of liberty, free to be. Free to be whatever you want to be in midlife and beyond. Welcome back to a new week of Liberty Free to Be. Hope everybody is good. Loving the new podcast. I love, I love the feel of it. And I have to say a massive thank you to all because the podcast is growing from strength to strength. We are now in the top 1.5% of global podcasts, which is amazing out of literally millions. So thank you. If you haven't already, don't forget to go and subscribe after you've listened to today's episode. And if you haven't already, please go and leave a review. It takes a few minutes out of your day. But the more reviews the podcast gets, then the the more women it gets pushed out to so that we can really create this positive ripple effect and share these amazing women's stories and the work that they're doing. So today's guest is no exception. Anupa Ropa is a lady that I met again through social media. And our paths kept crossing and I knew I had to have this conversation with her. Anupa is um, the author of Sparrow Legs, which is a body confidence educational book aimed at the under sevens. And to me, this is where we really need to get in early and change this narrative and help the younger generation break that cycle so that they don't grow up with the same body insecurities that we perhaps have done in midlife. So I love the fact that she's starting young. She's a former primary school teacher, so you're going to get to find out how she became a best-selling author of Sparrow Legs and a body confidence educator from primary school teacher, and that was all around the time of COVID as well. So grab a coffee and enjoy. So good morning, Anupa. Finally, we, we get to connect with one another and meet. Thank you so much for joining me. That's okay. Yeah, we're, our, our paths have crossed many times, and I see you everywhere and all the good work that you're doing, and I knew that there'd be a time when we come back and speak to each other. We have got such a lot to talk about and it's going to be a really interesting conversation. So before we, we dig deep, how do you, I've already introduced you, but how do you describe yourself in three words and why? In three words. <laughs> three words. <laughs> I'm, I'm a body image educator mainly. So yeah, I guess, you know, as my introduction says, I'm an author um, and I'm writing some more children's books, but Uh, mainly just educating people about body image, what it means, how it can affect us, and making sure that the next generations don't struggle the way so many of us have with body image issues. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the work that you're doing. And before this, prior to this, you were a primary teacher, weren't you? And and I'm guessing you thought this is what you'd still be doing now until life's taken you down a different direction. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I taught for 17 years um, in primary school. And then when the pandemic struck, because I had younger children and I was working part-time, I couldn't go into schools because obviously they didn't want teachers moving from classroom to classroom. And then, yeah, it just kind of came about. I I always knew that I wanted to talk about my story of my own body image. And I guess like I'm coming up for 45. In fact, I'll be 45 this week. So (laughs) so, yeah, when I sort of was coming towards my 40s, so late 30s, early 40s, 
I sort of started thinking, I never heard that story of people being underweight and being skinny and that affecting them in not exactly the same ways, in different ways than people in larger bodies, but definitely in ways that are profound and that can affect you. And I wanted to spread that message more. And when the opportunity arose during the pandemic, when I was homeschooling, I thought, I can't just homeschool. I need to have something for me. I thought, this is the time now to start telling my story. So I started an Instagram page talking about my own body image. However, very quickly, because I hadn't been on social media that much, I realized how much was out there. My daughter was due to turn 12. I think it was 12 at the time. And I thought, gosh, this is where the work needs to happen. It needs to happen early on in these younger years. So that's when I was fixated on making a difference for young people. Which is what you did through the book. So tell us about the book before we really get into this conversation, because I'm already thinking ping, 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 lots of light bulb moments. So so then I happened to be speaking to somebody about, you know, I didn't know which direction to go in as a a teacher. At that time, I didn't class myself as the next teacher I am now. But at that time, I was like, okay, as a teacher, how can I make this happen? And I was speaking to somebody who worked with charities and I said, I don't know what to do, whether to set up a social enterprise, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know what, at the moment, nothing is clear cut. We don't know if we're even going to be able to go back into schools. So, you know, let's just have a think what are the things you can do. And I said, well, I am thinking later on, I'd like to write a children's book. He said, do it now. Just literally do that now. That can be the first bit that you do. So within the next couple of weeks, I said to my husband one day, I'm going to write a book for children. Um, Can you just take the kids out for a bit? I'm going to sit down and write something. And honestly, within an hour, and it hasn't been edited, my book, within an hour, I had literally written my Sparrow Legs book, which is for under sevens. And it tells the story of a sparrow who is me, who, um, you know, she just learns to love the feathers that she's in. She realizes that her body is a lot more than what it is on the outside, that it's all about the amazing things that her body can do. And so that was sort of the stepping stone into the rest of my work. Honestly, this just fills my heart with so much joy that you've done this because you're so right. I mean, I talk a lot to midlife women and the older women about body confidence, but we need to start this education right at the beginning of the, like you say, and tackling the younger generation is so, so important. So thank you so much for doing this. What kind of response have you had from parents, from teachers, from educators? Really brilliant. I mean, everybody realizes that there's a gap, you know, where We're not necessarily talking about body image. We're not, you know, it's still a taboo subject like so many things are. And we're not necessarily sure how to deal with that situation. And, you know, I'm on a learning curve as well, because this is all about my lived experiences. It's not something I'm educated in. All I know is that I struggled with my own body image and I don't want that for the next generations. And that's what is my, you know, that's what makes my mission come alive, really. So Yeah, there's been a really positive response and I just hope that that continues. I know that probably you were going to probably ask me later what my next steps are, but I'm just going to say while while I'm here that that was a book that was sort of not very, not very thought out. It was just a bit like, okay, let's just do it. And um, but I would like to have a set of books with an education pack for the early years, Key Stage One. So basically while we're learning all about ourselves and you know all those things are getting embedded what better time than to talk about those messages about us being diverse about our bodies being different about the things that our body does rather than what it looks like all of those different messages that we can put in really early and it's fine that we're 
in our 40s and we're learning this and it's good that we're educating people and it's great that we've awakened to these issues that we've had but how much better would it be if we didn't have them in the first place absolutely yeah and, and I it's interesting because I before I was a model I was an early years teacher as well um yeah and so I, you know I've worked with the under fives particularly and like you said in another conversation that I've heard is that we're not born with these insecurities. These insecurities evolve over time. And actually the time that it started for you was at school, wasn't it? So let's talk about your kind of your own journey and, and, and how you felt growing up. Yeah. So, I mean, being very young, you know, before the age of secondary, I didn't really feel any issues with my body image. And I have, um, you know, in my a sort of a culture where we don't really talk about diets and we don't go on diets I'm from an Asian background so there was none of that you know food was always about love and family and spending time together so I didn't really have any issues up until when I went to secondary school and that's when people obviously kids can be cruel yeah. and it's quite normal you know and but that's the thing that I want to break is that it shouldn't be normal but in terms of my own story it was banter sometimes it was banter sometimes it was bullying it was words that were said um you know I talk about the story where my PE teacher gave me the nickname sparrow legs when I used to do PE which is where all of my work now comes from and it was fine you know he was a teacher that I liked it was just a term of endearment which you were probably allowed to do then but not anymore um you know and it didn't hurt me it's just that it made me realize I was different and it made me focus on that difference that my legs were skinny and my limbs were skinny and that I wasn't necessarily developing in the same way as other girls my age and then that just built a lot of insecurity and yeah and then I just felt things like I couldn't be in certain friendships I didn't feel comfortable around other girls because they were discussing makeup and what they looked like and that was the last thing I wanted to be thinking about so I made friends with boys and then I talk about even how it can affect without you thinking I look back now and go actually even when it came to thinking about jobs that I could do I thought oh I can't be a lawyer or you know something in high power because I'd have to wear a power suit and that would be a skirt and I can't have my legs out and you, you know the things that yeah. it can affect in those little thoughts but it actually can have a big effect on your life. Yeah absolutely and it's interesting because in, in that part where you're talking about the teacher calling you that nickname um you said at one point that 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 didn't hurt you but actually subconsciously it did didn't it because then it starts it it, it starts it sows a seed doesn't it yeah that and then I guess grows into a big plant <laughs> yeah and the other thing I talk about is how throwaway our words are and especially yeah. with, you know especially when we're younger you know and, and you don't think about it and there's this fine line between banter and bullying I think as well mm. because we do accept at secondary school, oh, yeah, it's just a bit of banter and they're just having banter. But, you know, it's it's a difficult one. But as I have done more and more work, I do think there's not a place for it necessarily, unless you're very close to someone and you know that they're not going to take it to heart. And it's definitely something that's a shared joke. I just think that we shouldn't be having banter, especially when it comes to things that we can't change because we don't decide on our appearance. We don't decide how big our nose is going to be or the colour of our hair, you know, and in part, we can't really even affect the size of our bodies because some people have different metabolisms to other people. Yeah. So, you know, I know a lot of people say, oh, yeah, but you can help your weight. You know, you just go on a diet. That is not the case. And why should it be? Because we should be able to exist in different sized bodies. Yeah. I mean, one of the things, one of my bugbears is this description of real women, because I yeah. think it excludes so many women from the conversation. And there's, there's always this context of, 
talking about the curvy women and plus size women being part of the body confidence conversation. But then the slimmer women get excluded, don't they? Because they're seen as being okay and getting everything sorted. But you still have your own stigmas attached to that, don't you? Absolutely. And I think I remember seeing, I think when you did your talk in your your famous talk in your underwear, I'm sure somebody <laughs> commented and said, well, you're not really curvy. And I yeah, thought... Yeah, they did, yes. It, it, yeah. it doesn't matter anyway, because actually one of the biggest messages that I want to send is that body image has nothing to do with how you actually look or the size of your body or how yeah. beautiful you're perceived by society. Body image is about you and how you feel about the way that you look and yeah. how you perceive yourself to be. And so obviously it's it's obvious to say it, you know, when I say it, it's going to seem obvious, but when we look at the models on the catwalks, you know, not us in our underwear, I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about Naomi Campbell, whoever yes. else. I'm talking about the 80s models because I don't know any new ones. But, you know, we would assume that they're really happy in their bodies. But why? Why are we assuming that? We don't know. They probably have just as many insecurities as we do, if not more, because they're in the limelight. Yeah, under a lot more pressure. So how how have you got past these insecurities? What was there, was there a kind of turning point where you started to accept and love your body more? What's been your journey afterwards? I think for me, um, it isn't one particular moment. I think it has come through time. And there is that cliche thing of as you get older, obviously your priorities change and you start yeah. to realise that it's not that important. You know, I got married, so I realised that I was accepted by the only person that I really need to be accepted by, or well, that's how it felt at the time. And I guess I just worried about it less because you have children and your life becomes busy and there's so much more to concentrate on than the way that you look. Um, yeah, so there wasn't really one specific time, but I'll tell you something, since I've started doing this work, so since I've specifically started doing this work, rather than it just being something that I realised actually, oh, I, I do accept myself a little bit more, I'm accepting myself even more because you, by practising the things that I talk about, so for example, you know, um, not being negative in your mind about your appearance or when those things come up, just to reframe it, all of those things that I talk to other people about doing, I'm also doing. And you realize more and more how, you know, it's just not important. What we look on the outside is is nothing to do with our worth. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting being a mum, isn't it? Because I, I had a conversation with my, my, my children are older than yours. So my, my eldest is now 25. Wow. And um, we had a conversation about dieting and, and obviously my mindset and my attitude to accepting my body the way it is rather than starving my body that I did for years on yo-yo diets. So we had a really open conversation about it. And she said, yes, but mum, we grew up seeing you diet. Yeah. So when I first started into my early 20s, that's what I thought I needed to do. So we had a really open conversation about it. And I wish I'd known then what I know now. And you, you're in an advantage because your children are younger and you've discovered this. So what impact has that had on, on you being a mum and the way that you talk to, talk about it all with your children? Oh, huge, huge. I mean, the thing is, my children, when I started this, so they would have been, what, 10 and 12 or 11 and 12, something like that. Anyway, they're 13 and 14 now, so younger than that, actually. But I see in them, like, so much difference in the way that they talk about things. Like, they'll pick themselves up on things. They'll go, oh, we can have a treat today, can't we? Oh, no, it's not a treat. It's just... It's just fun food that we're having, you know, all the way that they think about language, the way that they think about themselves. I think because of all the work that I'm doing and subconsciously what they hear and what I talk about, 
I can see that they have, and maybe it would have been the case anyway, but, but they seem to have a lot of acceptance in who they are. And I talk about this story and I've said it so many times, but I'll say it again anyway, but my son, in case nobody's heard, but my son, um, when I first started doing this work, so maybe about six months into it, he was at the park and a boy said to him, oh, you're so skinny. You know, don't you eat anything? Because bless him, he's he's definitely got my genes. He's got little legs. And, and he said to this boy, actually I'd prefer it if you call me slim and yes I do eat lots of food and I just thought yeah good for yeah, you, you know, brilliant saying, I don't want you to say those words to me yeah I mean in a school environment with your with your teacher head on what changes would you like to see in that environment to try and make these positive steps forward so these conversations just become normal I guess the thing is there's, there's lots of things happening in school one one big thing that happens in school is that um I don't know, we, you know, we have policies passed down and we just continue it and we don't question things and the curriculum comes out and we don't think about how we need to change it or, or and I did the same, you know, as a teacher. So for example, um, you know, when we talk about healthy eating and we do the healthy eating plate and things like that, we don't think about the language that we're using and we might say, oh, oh you know, cakes aren't good for us, so we need to put that in this area and we're only allowed to eat this much of this food. So it's education for the teachers, I guess. That's the thing, is the difference yeah. we need is that the teachers are educated in, in order to educate the children because teachers can't be expected to know everything. You know, in maths, there's a right and wrong answer, but how do we talk about body image? And even yeah. that being part of the curriculum, not just in terms of the odd lesson here and there, but talking about that, that fine line between banter and bullying. But what I was saying is one thing that is happening still in schools is that children get weighed and we pass it off as, you know, oh, the government want this data. Well, it just causes so many issues. They want this data, but what is this data for? And what are they doing with this data? And why is why do we not hear anything yeah. after? All we do is get a letter through the post saying your child is underweight, overweight, or yeah. they're okay, you know. Yeah, there's so much more work to be done, but you're in the right place to do it. And you've obviously put yourself out there now, so you're much more visible on social media. So how has that impacted you? Did did you feel ready for it or have you? Because you did step into this kind of arena naturally without a big plan to do it. It's just kind of evolved, hasn't it? How has that made you feel? Have you? Does it sit comfortably with you? Oh, a bit of both, really. I mean, it's really, like you say, just completely thrown in at the deep end. So I started my Instagram page and that's the first, you know, three years ago that I first stepped into the world of social media. And um, a love-hate relationship, I would say, because I obviously you need to be on social media to spread the message. Um, and I'm I'm comfortable with it. I'm not a huge, I don't do lots of videos and things like that. And I should do because I want to spread this message and I will do at some point. But yeah. It's it's been a slow burner for me because I'm also, like I said, I'm going to be 45 this week. So it's not an area that I'm used to being in. It's not a comfortable place for me to be in. Mm. But I do see it as needed. And I send the message that, yes, we talk about, um, you know, social media in terms of body image being quite negative and that, you know, young children are seeing things on social media and then trying to compare and but there is a place for it being a learning tool as well. And yeah. we're not going to be able to get rid of social media. So a bit of both, really. I'm happy to be on there because I wouldn't have made connections like I wouldn't have connected with you. And I wonder yeah. if there had not been any social media, how far would your message spread and who would you get to speak to and how much impact would your work really have? So yeah. there are positives to it. But the negative side 
yes, even even I spend time comparing or you know you end up scrolling and looking and thinking oh this person's doing this and this is person's more successful and look at this person's hair and you get caught up in things that you wouldn't have if you weren't on social media yeah absolutely I've just done my weekly newsletter about that because even when you when you can go out there and say that you are you accept your body and your body confident that doesn't mean to say that it's a completely done deal there are still times when you'll have wobbles and social media and having those boundaries are part of that Going down that comparison trap is just a natural human kind of default, isn't it? It's hard exactly. to avoid. And I kind of want that message to be sent to the young as well, because my main thing is, I guess I want to move the focus away from bodies and say, yeah. there's so much more to us than our appearance. But if we are going to talk about our appearance, let's realise that we're all unique and we're all different and that's okay. Let's also realise that every day is not going to be a day when we look at, you know, wake wake up and look in the mirror and go, oh, we're beautiful. There are going to be days when we look in the mirror and go, oh, I don't like what I see. But it's being able to walk past that, to realise that that isn't important and to reframe it and go, there's bigger things that, you know, are important today. But there are going to be days where we might just want to climb back into bed for an hour because we've got a bunch of spots or whatever it might be that makes us feel not great. And it's okay to have bad body image days as long as it's not completely taking our life over yeah absolutely and you know now that you are in, in your in your kind of mid 40s have you found more confidence as you've got older do you think this is something that's that's grown as well as, as you've aged yeah. slightly like I say it is that cliche thing and I think it's just because you realize that you know um society's been telling you that you have to be a certain way and how were we ever going to all be the same? We were never all going to be the same. So we were brainwashed into thinking that there was only this one way of being. And yet the only thing we really need to be is ourselves. And I think as you get older, you just think, you know, friendships change. Lots of things change in your life, don't they? And you realize that there's, you know, you just have to be you and you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea and you're not going to look like everybody wants you to look. And there are going to be days where, you know, people don't accept you as you are. And that's okay because that's how it that's how life goes yeah are you more ambitious now now that you've kind of got this new drive and passion and purpose do you do you feel more ambitious than you did where perhaps when you're 20s and 30s yeah I think I do I think I think also um again another cliche but and I think it happened for a lot of people during the pandemic is realizing what they wanted to do and what their purpose was and it does feel really cliche to say that but I have realized my purpose and it's really it's yeah it's really empowering to suddenly think this is the journey I'm meant to be on this is what I'm meant to be doing this is what I'm gonna this is the legacy that I'm gonna leave behind you know and yes teaching was great and I loved my career as a teacher and I know that you know I made a difference to a lot of children but this for me is personal because I look back and go wow I didn't I didn't go to that party because of how I felt about the way that I looked or I didn't, you know, make friends with that group of girls because I thought that I wasn't good enough. And actually, if I can make a whole bunch of children feel completely different and grow up in a life where they're less worried about the way that they look and therefore they can live their best life, how brilliant would that be? Absolutely. And and I could completely relate to that, Anupa. You know what? The, the amount of times that I did do things because I was worried about my, my boobs being too big and getting the wrong kind of attention or not wanting to play tennis because I would be the one that would be bouncing around on the course. <laughs> you, the amount of times I stopped myself from really enjoying life when I was yeah. younger. If only we could go back and shake that younger younger child to, to know yeah. differently. What would you go back and tell your younger self? Um, 
I think just that, you know, I am more than enough, just as I am. That's the main thing. You're more than enough who you are. Why do you need to change anything? You don't need to change anything. You just need to realize that there will be people that don't like you and there will be people that say things to you, but you're you and that's okay. It's okay to be you. You don't have to be anything else. And that comes to, that's in all aspects, actually. It isn't just to do with body image, is it? I think when you're younger, you get pressurized into thinking you you should do a certain job or you should be this, you know, you need to do this to be successful or you should get married at this age. And it's only now as well, things like I look back and go, you know, as women in particular, you know, we, we at a certain age, you should be married or you should be starting to have a family. And now I'm forever telling people in their 20s, just don't rush, you know, do what you want to do, live your life. And if you never want to get married and you never want to have children and you just want to travel the world, just do that if that's what you want to do. You know? Yeah, I do think there's been positive changes over the last two or three years, hasn't there, yeah. around this area? Who are the people that inspire you? Who who do you follow on social media for this kind of work that really kind of give you those light bulb moments? Well, do you know what? It's funny because I could, that's the thing. I couldn't really find people that were doing the work that I was doing in terms of me, you know, being under and the age group, you know, yeah. And, and, and yeah, and the sort of age group, because obviously there's lots of influencers that are in their twenties and thirties and they get berated for talking about, like you said, being, you know, body positive and thinking about, them being maybe in a straight size body so there's lots of people I think you know I do suggest people to parents and things but off the top of my head I'm not going to say any names because I just think I think it's about your own social media feed and it's not necessarily about having two or three people because I think as well I see certain people lifted on social media that then become um you know, they they become the people that are popular when it comes to certain topics. But I think all of us have a lot to say. And so it isn't about those people with big numbers and big followers. It's about if somebody finds me, and they think, oh, that makes me feel better in my own body. And she's sending the message that I would like to hear. It's not about these big names. It's about us, the everyday people that are sending this message, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because we so can you, know, Rachel, you. Well, we can relate to we can relate to each other. We can relate to the stories. That's the people that you find on social media are the people that you can relate to personally, aren't they? And well, that's exactly. So it's people like you. When when I found you, and I thought, yeah, actually, you know, and I think I remember messaging you and saying about your hair, and yeah. and I was saying, actually, fact, um, like I've got a little little streak here. I can see it. Yes, I can but, see but, it. Uh, but it is going grey. It is going grey, and I and I I want to I want to just let it go grey, and I want to see how I feel. But I have said if it makes me feel negative in myself and if it makes me feel you know that I don't feel confident then I will maybe diet but for now I feel like I want to embrace it I'm getting older and there's that message for us older people as you know that's the work that you do but there's this message that we're not allowed to age like what and when I talk about body image I've often said in you know in various places that our perfect body the one that you know society deems perfect when are we the right the in fit into that perfect body it's probably from the age of you know our late teens so 19 20 till maybe we have children which I can't put an age on because obviously Mm. everyone is different but let's say late 20s so for 10 years of our 80 90 100 years on this planet we're in a body that's deemed perfect that's crazy yeah and also, I think it's such an important conversation, the fact that slim women in particular, they, they do get written off as not having these insecurities. And I know we've touched on this briefly, but 
how do we create more positive conversations around this so that it's not this divide? Because it seems to be such a divisive conversation. There's the slim women and then there's the curvy women. But actually, we're all the same with the same insecurities. How do we bring those together to have more conversations together about this? Because we're all coming at the same message, but from different places. I think I think it is about just having these conversations, but having acceptance for each other. Like I have an acceptance that I understand that people in larger bodies experience different difficulties than I do. I can't turn around and go, well, I've got body image issues and that's the same as you. Because I get that there are bigger issues. For example, obviously people in larger bodies, sometimes um, you know, when they go for support medically can be treated differently. Or when they you know, sit on a plane, they can find it uncomfortable because the seats are small. So I understand there's many privileges that I have by being in a smaller body. All I want, though, is acceptance that it doesn't mean that I'm happy in my own body. And I think sometimes that negativity is from the opposite side. It is from those people in larger bodies because they're fighting. And I get it. Mm. They're fighting and they're they're desperately fighting to be heard. And they feel like when their space is filled full of people like me and you and other people that aren't necessarily in those larger bodies, they feel that's taking up their voice. But I don't feel that it is. I feel that it's saying also you know, I, I just suddenly thought, like, when you think about teenagers, a lot of those are actually in those smaller bodies, they're actually on the smaller side. And it is because they're gangly, and they're tall, and, and they've got slim limbs. So the younger people that are struggling with their body image are usually actually quite often, you know, on the smaller side. So I just think there's space for everybody, we just need to listen to each other more, raise that awareness that everybody can struggle with body image issues, it doesn't matter who it is and it's not taking away from the fact that I understand there are bigger issues out there but even when it comes to medically like I was I've obviously got well I haven't obviously but I I have got a really low BMI and numerous times I've also come up against things so when I was pregnant with my first child they said oh you're really underweight we're worried that your child's going to be you know um underweight as well and we're going to have to monitor you and so every two weeks I had to go for a scan now as a as a new mum a pregnant for the first time mum, I'm worrying and thinking is this going to be an issue is this a problem you know and it absolutely wasn't I gave birth to both of my children at eight months because they just said that's probably your gestation you're small you know an elephant's big and it has a long gestation I'm tiny I have a short gestation you know it's just natural they both weighed six pounds and had they gone full term they would have probably weighed seven and a half pounds so they would have been they were both on the right percentile but well not that there is a right percentile it's weird but anyway you know I was I was asked to be monitored etc etc and you could see like even when the nurses came in to do certain things they go oh you've got tiny wrists and oh I can't get your blood and and then again when after I had my two children I wanted to be an egg donor went to the NHS to try an egg donor they said no sorry you can't because your BMI is too low and it, you know, all they needed to do was adjust the hormones. I did it th- through a pl- private clinic and a baby was born Brilliant. with my wow. egg donation. So, but, you know, I think we all experience those, you know, discriminatory things, but we just need to be, we just all need to be in it together, I think. Yeah. And I think just by you sharing these stories, though, will help people that are listening because there will be people that completely relate to you. And I think we need to have these open conversations so much more. So thank you for sharing it. So what's your big goals? What's your big, how would you like to see the work that you're doing in five years time? Where do you imagine yourself to be? 
I hope in five years that this set of books and education pack is in every school, you know, every yes. school in England, in the UK, every school in Australia, America, wherever, you know, so that that work is starting really early on. And I guess, you know, things that can't be measured. I just want to make a difference. I want to know that in five years time, there are parents and carers and teachers out there who have more understanding about body image and how it can affect mm. children that there are children that worry less because of the work that I've done. So I see it in my own children, in my own home, that those small conversations, those little changes, and even in myself, because something else I talk about is that we grow up with these biases. And so, you know, we can't, we can't knock ourselves for having these certain biases. So we may have grown up, we probably all did grow up looking at people or going, oh, they shouldn't be eating that because look at them, you know, they're big or whatever. And it's okay. You shouldn't feel guilty for that because we've been brought up in that society. But I notice huge changes in how I myself think about people or am less judgmental because it doesn't, that doesn't pop into my head anymore because I accept people as they are. And I realize that, you know, two and two doesn't always meet, meet, make four, does it? You know, you can't just judge because of what you see. So yeah, yeah, the difference in five years. So hopefully that set of books is out there. Just just that I've supported lots of people and people can feel differently. And you're breaking that cycle. You're breaking that cycle at a really young age. And you're right, you know, it is a generational thing. Our parents talk we're a different generation to, to what we are. And we can pass on what we've learned down to this younger generation and they can break that cycle so that there is this freedom to just be yourself without having to worry about other people's judgments. So thank you for everything that you're doing. How can people find you, Anupa? So my website is sparrowlegs.com. I'm on Instagram as Miss Sparrowlegs. And my Facebook group is, surprise, surprise, called Sparrowlegs. So if you just type in Sparrowlegs or my name, you will find me. And yeah, come and join us because I don't know what the future holds. You know, I'm not a massive sort of goal setting. This is definitely what I'm going to do. I, yeah. I'm just, I am really pleased to be on this journey and just hoping to do all that I can. So initially working on these books, but there'll be other things that come about and whatever I feel pulled to do, really. And it's really interesting, the sparrow legs thing. I wanted to ask you about this because I think there'll be some people thinking, gosh, because sparrow legs was, was a, give, a name given to you as a nickname and that was at the time probably, you know, it wasn't a, a positive term. But you're owning that, aren't you? And that's the difference, isn't it? Is that why, how empowering has that been to own that? Yeah, so I just, you know, at the beginning I was thinking, oh, what shall I call my work? You know, what shall I call my Instagram page? And what what name do I put to it? And then I thought, do you know what? It's time to embrace it. It's time mm -hmm. to say, yes, Barrow Legs is about my skinny legs, but they're the legs that I have. They're the legs that I've been given. They're mine. And so, so what if I'm a little bit skinny? So what if I'm less than the average woman you know way less than the average woman that's me and I think that's what we need to do is just say it's okay that I'm sparrow legs that's all right if you like me for being sparrow legs that's great if you don't then that's also fine well we do and we love you and we <laughs> love the work that you're doing so thank you so much my last question I ask all my guests so liberty free to be what does free to be mean to you Free to be means that, you know, I can just be me. I don't have to be anyone else. I don't have to emulate anybody. I don't have to look up to anybody. I'm more than enough, like I said, just as I am. I'm free to be the person I was born to be. And I can change my mind anytime I want to. Yes, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm sure our paths are going to cross again in some way. But um, I really feel connected with your work and what you're doing. So thank you so much for sharing it, Nupa.
Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I've loved our chat today. Thank you. See you soon. Well, what an important message that Anupa is sharing with the younger generation and what a great place to start because then they can really can break that cycle and create this positive ripple effect. So I love the fact that she's tackling the under sevens and primary school children with such an important conversation. Let's face it, I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking that if I'd have had this kind of knowledge when I was younger, I would have saved so much heartache about the way I felt about my body until I found my confidence later in life. So I love the fact that she's tackling this head on at a very early age, because this is where we need to start right at the heart of it. So I'm so grateful to have this conversation with Anupa today. The other thing that really struck me is I am surrounded in the body confidence arena by plus size women. And I have lots of conversation with women that are bigger than me, but I very rarely have conversations with women that have struggled with their body confidence that are slimmer. And I think it's so important to involve everybody in this conversation. I hate the term real women. It's banded around so often and it excludes so many of us. And what is what does real women even mean? We are all real women. We are all unique. We are all different. We are all beauty in our own uniqueness. And I think you know, we need to celebrate that. And the more conversations we can have that include slimmer people, not just curvy people, because body confidence issues affects everybody. Um, there doesn't have to, you know, you might think that you might walk down the street and see something you think fits into what your idea of perfect body is. But you don't know what's going on in their mind. You don't know how, what's, how they feel about their bodies, what their history is. So let's drop that judgment and include everybody in this conversation. So Thank you for a great reminder today, Anupa. I will be back next week. Um, if you are really enjoying this conversation and you feel like you want to make more connections with perhaps like-minded women, why not come and join my Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group? There's now 320 women in there, all in midlife and beyond that are at different stages, but they're all supporting, sharing and creating this positive ripple effect. And it's a really lovely space to be in. I love being part of this community. So I'll leave the links in the show notes, but if you would like to come and connect with us, come and join my free Facebook group and you'll get to hang out with me a little bit more. So we have virtual Zooms um, where we can meet on a monthly basis and catch up and, and share what's going on in our lives because the more we can have these conversations, we can, the more we can support one another. Women supporting women at its best. I'll be back next week, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Free To Be podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join my free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group? It's a safe space where you can connect with other women all at different stages of their midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. Oh, and don't forget to come and say hello on Instagram at RachelCrew1. I'd love to know what free to be means to you. If you're loving the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. I'll be back next week, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous.